You are listening to episode 33 of the Kin Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you for still listening to this podcast, even though it's been over six months since my last episode. I'm back. (laughs) You probably didn't think you'd ever hear from me again, but here I am. But you haven't heard from me since 2019, which means the last time I spoke to you, COVID-19 didn't exist yet, or at least we didn't know what it was. It wasn't a thing. So there is a lot to catch up on. And it's not just the coronavirus. Going backward from today, there's the discovery of the coronavirus and the quarantine and isolation has come with it. Before that, I had a baby. Before that, I was hospitalized with complications from the flu. Before that, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. The last 12 months have been crazy. So while this episode is not going to be about COVID-19, it's not going to be about scary things because that's not what this space is about. I do want to catch you up on what's been going on in my neck of the woods over the past six months and what I have learned from it. There's been, I mean, I'm not going to shield you now. I'm not going to hide it from you. (laughs) I'm going to tell you about a lot of suffering and I'm going to tell you how I'm doing today, how I've made it through, what, as cliche as it sounds, nuggets of wisdom I've pulled out from the mud right? As you can probably imagine, there's been a lot of self-work that has been going on in this quiet. You know, I haven't been around publicly, so to speak. And I want to share what I've been up to, some practices that have really served me, the books that I've been reading, some passages that have really spoken to me and helped me through. So without spoiling the whole thing, let's just do this. You're listening to The Kin Show, where we explore the intricacies of the human heart, faith, relationships, spirituality, parenthood, and more, celebrating our journeys as seekers. We believe in love, in giving more of it to every person we interact with and to ourselves. We believe in living with intention for our children, for our communities, and most importantly, for ourselves. We believe we are all one family, one kin kindred spirits loved unconditionally by God. And we believe it's more important to actually know God than to just know about God. Seeker, writer, photographer, your host Marcella Chamorro shares perhaps way too many personal stories and asks you the right questions to help you uncover what's best for your life. This is not our practice life, so let's make the most of it. Are you ready to hear inspiring interviews and coffee table chats with Marcella? Grab a cup of coffee and prepare to transform your definition of your dream life. Here's your host, boy band lover and master of deep conversations, Marcella Chamorro. I'm going to start this episode off with a joke. You want to hear something really funny? You know how people choose words for each year? They're like, my word for the year is going to be... and. My intention for the year is this and that or and the other. Well, in December of 2019, as the year came to a close, I decided that I would choose a word. You know, let's choose a word for 2020. Let's be, you know, ambitious about this. Let's set an intention. And the word that I chose 
was healing. Healing. I wanted to heal in 2020. Because since July of that year, about a year ago, exactly from today, I started feeling really bad. Really, really bad. Then I found out that I was pregnant. And that feeling of really, really bad got really, really worse. And I just started declining. I was then diagnosed with hyperemesis gravidarum. And that led to massive weight loss. If you don't know me personally or have seen photos of me, I'm a pretty thin person. That's just my genetic makeup. So losing a ton of weight on this frame don't look so good. Not so healthy. (laughs) Um, Then I was hit with some severe anemia due to the pregnancy as well. Had to have an iron transfusion, if that's what it's called. I don't know. It's a thing. They injected iron into my vein and 15 minutes later I felt like iron woman it was I mean that pun intended I felt amazing and I was full of iron and then I hit the flu the longest flu ever known to man it hit a few days before Christmas just as I had decided that I wanted my word for 2020 to be healing I'd had so much physical suffering in 2019. I was really looking forward to a good year, a good end to the pregnancy, getting this baby successfully out into the world, healing physically. And the truth is also spiritually, because as we will discuss, physical suffering can lead to some real spiritual suffering. So three days after I decided that I wanted this word to be healing, my year to be about healing, I got the flu. And then my son got the flu. And then my husband got the flu. And then my other son got the flu. And being six or seven months pregnant with the flu is no fun. But then it transformed into a sinus infection. And this sinus infection could not be solved for some reason. Antibiotics were not helping. And they couldn't give me the strong stuff because I was pregnant. So I ended up hospitalized for IV antibiotics. And I was there for three nights. Then, you know, the sinus infection ended up lasting for about another month. So I spent the last, like, three weeks of my pregnancy healthy, quote-unquote, But, you know, it's third trimester. It's the last three weeks before you give birth to a baby. You don't feel so good. I was in bed a lot of the time. And then I had a baby. Thankfully, everything went wonderfully. But two weeks after that, dun-dun-dun-dun, COVID hit. And I was home with a two-week-old when we all decided to quarantine. My children's schools closed in Nicaragua, as schools were closing also in the U.S. So while I was choosing 2020 to be about healing, not only did I get sick, but it seems like the whole freaking world got sick. So as per usual, I make plans and God just laughs. I had plans for my postpartum life. I have a list still. A list of appointments in my Reminders app. 
a list of things that I wanted to do. Postpartum appointments, it's called. The dentist, laser hair removal, facials, manicure, pedicures. So many things that are now on complete standby. I had plans for having too much childcare. I wanted excess help so I could go back to living my best life, kind of savoring myself as healthy for a while. I had suffered enough, you know? I was looking forward to wearing my normal clothes and going to the gym, something I hadn't been able to do in a year because I'd gotten so sick. Well, then COVID and quarantine hit and, you know, you all know this. This is a very, very first world problem version of COVID. We're all living quarantine, different levels of it, for sure. But we're all living quarantine measures. And a lot of us know people who have gotten sick. And a lot of us know people who have passed. So why am I telling you all this? Because we're all living the same thing. Different versions of the same thing. There is not a single person on this earth that is currently free of COVID measures or is not affected in some way by COVID. And I tell you this because it's kind of profound that all of us on the entire planet are undergoing this darkness because that's what it is. It's a darkness. And I want to read to you a quote by Sister Joan Chittister. This is what she says. It's a long one, so stick with me. The darkness of the soul is no less spiritually punishing than is the loss of physical light to the psyche. We talk about faith, but cannot really tolerate the thought of it. It's light we want, not shadow. Certainty, not questions. The aphotic, the place without images, is no less an attack on faith and hope than those periods in life when nighttime brings nothing but unclarity, nothing but fear. Where am I going? The soul wants to know. When will this be over? The mind wants to know. How can I get out of this sightless place I'm in? The heart demands. So tell me, is it not a darkness? Is this not a darkness that, that we are all going through? This quote, it says, it uses a word, aphotic. So I looked it up, obviously, because I don't know what that means. What you mean? I don't know what that means. It says, the aphotic zone is the portion of a lake or an ocean where there is little or no sunlight. It is formally defined as the depths beyond which less than 1% of sunlight penetrates. We basically have one, no, less than 1% of our future lit up at the moment. We can't see into the future right now. We can't see whether or not your kid is going to play soccer in September. We can't see whether or not we're going to have a normal Christmas, normal holiday season. We don't know what the next few months, even the next few weeks is going to bring. We are in darkness. Our mind, our soul, our hearts, they don't like it. They don't like the darkness. They want certainty. They want answers. They want to know, can I walk on sure footing? And what it is, is a darkness of waiting. You know, I waited for all of last year. 
since I started getting sick. I waited and I waited and I waited to get better. I didn't know what the next day would bring. Sometimes I was terrified of the night just because I knew that it would be worse than the day. And I was terrified. Of course, I wanted one more day to pass because I knew that, you know, eventually nine months would end and I'd be fine. So one less day, right? Closer to the goal. But I didn't know how much of those nine months were going to be full of suffering. And I was terrified of walking that path. So we are on this darkness of waiting. We're waiting for healing. My word, there it is again. We want everybody around us to heal. We want this damn virus to disappear, which it's not, at least not right now. We're waiting for normalcy. We want our regular rhythms back. We're waiting for certainty of what we can look forward to. What is our future like? You know, it's interesting, this word darkness, because it's the word that I've always used to describe depression. It's the word that best helps me describe what depression feels like. You know, I had never been depressed or experienced clinical depression until I went through it in uh, 2017, end of 2017. It's post-weaning depression. So when I stopped breastfeeding my second child, Nicolas, I, within two days, experienced a profound clinical depression. And I sought treatment. You can hear more about it. On the podcast, I have a whole episode dedicated to that whole experience. But in summary, um, the best way I can describe it is being plunged into darkness. I, and now I'm going through it with postpartum depression. In a way, again, I immediately knew as soon as the darkness showed up, I knew what it was because I knew what to look for, right? Because it's the second time around that it happens to me. And I knew that I was at, you know a big risk of postpartum because I had had the post-weaning depression. In the beginning of this year, while I was sick with the flu, I read this amazing book by Sarah Bessie. The book is Miracles and Other Reasonable Things. And in the book, Sarah Bessie talks about her own journey with pain. In her case, she had chronic physical pain after a car crash. A very, very scary car crash. And she talks about her experience with the crash and her healing journey. Not just physical, but spiritual. And it was incredibly cathartic to me to read this book. And in the book, there's this quote that really spoke to me. She writes, I wondered if my physical pain had been holding this despair at bay. Once my skeleton was healed, my soul finally was free to admit that she had taken a beating over these months as well. And that's how I felt with the postpartum where it's like, okay, I'm physically fine now because the birth went great and I felt wonderful after, elated, high even. But then a few weeks, couple months after, it's like my body was healed and so my soul finally got to express just how much it suffered in the past nine months. How much it had gone through where it just needed, you know when you just need to cry? My soul, it's like it needed to let it out. And it finally was able to. You know, I mean, just to give you a very quick update, I'm in treatment. Everything's fine. I'm good. You don't have to worry about me. 
but you know, I'm an open book. And so sharing that experience with you. So we're in the dark, it feels like we're in the dark, the COVID-19 darkness. How can we turn on the light? I'm interested in turning on the light because although it might feel like it, you know, COVID didn't put a pause on your life. We have one life. And like AJ Leon likes to say, a friend of mine, this is not your practice life. And your life isn't on pause, even if you're stuck at home. Even if every day feels like you're living Groundhog Day, the movie. Even if every day feels like it's lost its name. Like, what is a Sunday? What is a Tuesday? What is the difference? I don't know anymore. Like, months have also lost their names. Apparently, we're in July now. What does that even mean? It was March 13th when I started this, you know? But at the same time, I've been living every single day, and I'm never going to get those back. This is not your practice life. Even on COVID, life on COVID still matters. It altered things, of course. It put limits on our comings and goings, on our hour-by-hour responsibilities, like, hello, children. I have three kids at home. It's a lot. It also changed our levels of loneliness. We're in, a lot of us are in isolation. A lot of us haven't seen our friends. I know people who are now doing that more and more, but I personally haven't seen a lot of people. My interactions are very limited, but our lives are not on pause. These days and months in quarantine are still days and months you will never get back. This isn't your practice life. So my question is, how do we use it? How do we use these days, these months in quarantine amidst all the COVIDness, amidst all the darkness? How do we turn on the light and try to, if we can't heal the world, if we can't come up with a vaccine because, you know, I'm not a world record-breaking scientist. I'm just a podcaster. If we can't heal the world, at least not yet, how can we heal ourselves? How can we use this time to heal ourselves? I once read somewhere that the body can be described as like your soul's address. And I thought that was so good. You know, this is where my soul lives right now. So we're all busy staying at home in quarantine to keep our soul's address healthy, right? And not get sick. What if we dedicated time to tending to our souls, not just its address? So I'm going to share four things that I've been doing, four things that have served me during this whole process that hopefully help you too. Number one is a question that I asked myself early on in the quarantine. It is, what would you like to accomplish? What would you like to be true when all of this COVID isolation mumbo jumbo is over? I know a lot of people are focusing on productivity and fitness goals. You know, now I have more time to work out. Now I have more time to write that book. Now I have more time to dedicate to XYZ. I'm not really talking about that so much. If that's your thing, that's cool. But I'm talking more about changes that you want to make in yourself. So for me personally, I know that one of my main things that I want to be true after this quarantine is over is I want a certain relationship in my life to be repaired in a lasting way. I also want to make sure 
that I use this quarantine to be present with my kids, have some fun interactions with my kids, hopefully daily. So it's not just like we're getting through this, but we're trying to enjoy it as much as we can. The second thing that I'm doing is the gratitude list. I am not missing a day on my gratitude list. And I have a whole episode on that, which is the last episode, episode 32, if you haven't listened to it yet. But for me, gratitude has been key in the last few months and throughout my entire pregnancy physical scenario thing. You know, I try to make at least a list of three things that I'm grateful for every single day without missing. And it doesn't always have to be positive things that you're grateful for. The sun coming out is a wonderful thing. But you can also be grateful for a rainy day, not just because it's cozy for you can read a book, but because a rainy day reminds you to appreciate the sunny days. You know, now there's a quote by Father Richard Rohr that I love. Hey, he says, We've got to stop depending on other people or outside events to meet our needs. We need to reverse the flow and draw it from the inside out, based on the absolute union between God and the soul, instead of from the outside in. And that reminds me of the fact that what we're grateful for, you have to draw on it from the inside out. It's not about being grateful for the nice thing that somebody did for you. You can be grateful for that. That's wonderful. But cultivate gratitude for the less obvious things. For the things that feel like they're inside. So for example, my list of three things today could be one, I'm grateful for the sunny day. Two, I'm grateful for the fact that my kids played together nicely today. And three, I can be grateful that the baby's napping right now so I can record this podcast. Those are all external things. Or I can make my gratitude list about something more internal. Something that comes from the inside out. So one, I could be grateful for the fact that my heart grows every single time I spend more time with my children. I think I can't love them more, and then I do. Two, I can be grateful for the immense peace I feel every time I sit down for my prayer. I do centering prayer. That's my practice. I can be grateful for the peace I feel every time I sit down for prayer. Three, I can be grateful for the fact that I feel drawn because I believe that God meets you where you are. I can be so grateful for the fact that I feel drawn to continually reading about spirituality because God meets me in books. Now, those are not external events. Those come from the inside out. Get what I'm saying? Okay, so the third thing that I've been doing is trying to tackle limiting beliefs. There's another quote by Father Richard Rohr that really moved me and really kind of made me feel like this is the time. I really have to take advantage of this time to tackle my limiting beliefs because of this reason. This is what he had to say. He said, we are not punished for our sins. We are punished by our sins, such as blindness, egocentricity, illusions, or pride. Wow, and that really made me think about the fact that, of course, when I sin, I'm affecting whoever I'm interacting with. But I had never thought about the fact that I'm also affected even more than they are. You know, the one who is suffering more because of my sin is me. My pride punishes myself. 
my pride makes my own human experience worse. All of this to say that I'm trying to do my work to tackle my limiting beliefs, you know? Now, this is getting really deep, really dark, <laughs> and we're trying to talk about turning on the light. And the whole point is that the more you work on yourself, the better you're going to feel in quarantine or out of quarantine. But especially during this time when we're stuck at home and we're looking at the same four walls every day, work on yourself and turn on the light. But sometimes we need help to do that. And that leads me to the fourth thing that I'm doing, which is therapy, or in this case, teletherapy. I've had a couple of sessions with my therapist. Now, I've talked about my therapist in the past in the podcast, love her, recommended her to anyone who will listen, anyone who is looking. Hit me up and I will set you up with her. She's amazing. And so our sessions have turned into teletherapy, right? Because of coronavirus and COVID. And I've had two sessions so far. It's hard. It's hard to do it with kids around. You know, I can give you so many excuses as to why therapy is hard to execute in this COVID time. But, you know, sometimes... Desperate times come desperate measures. And during my last session, JJ, my husband, literally stood guard outside of the door to the room so I could talk in peace inside the room with my therapist. He sat outside the door in a chair and did not let my children through. They tried to get through looking for me a few times and he stopped them. <laughs> so, you know, it's hard with young kids around. You might have a different excuse that is holding you back. I just invite you to find a creative solution to it and to really question yourself as to why you are maybe not reaching out to a therapist if you want to, if you feel like you need it and you need some extra help during this time. I mean, we I'm a big fan of therapy no matter what, no matter what's going on in the outside world. I think we all need the help internally, but now especially if you feel like you need some extra help and there's something holding you back from from reaching out to a therapist, I invite you to think creatively, think outside the box. How can you solve your restriction? In my case, I needed JJ to guard the door so that I could talk in peace, have my session. But what would help you? Only you know. I promise this wasn't going to be <laughs> an episode about COVID. And, and the truth is that it's not. It's about you. It's about me. It's about turning on the light in this darkness as we wait as we trudge through the uncertainty. And there are two quotes that I want to leave you with. The first is another quote from Sarah Bessie's book, Miracles and Other Reasonable Things. And this is what she has to say. Pray for the courage to admit that you are not fine and that when you say those words aloud, that you would be met by love and care. I pray that you would remain open to participating in your own healing, even if it comes to you in ways that you resent and fear at first. Just because it's new to you doesn't mean God isn't already waiting there for you in the doctor's office, in the therapist's rooms, on the page, in the conversation, in the solitude. May you welcome the love of God to your most tender places. I really connected with that quote when I was going through, I read this book in the middle of my flu while I was tending to everybody else who had the flu in my house as well. And I really connected to that quote. And I pray that for you, now that I know that we're all going through some hard times. All in different ways, we're all going through this. The entire world is going through this. So I do pray 
I pray for you that no matter what you are able to, as Sarah Bessie says, welcome the love of God to your most tender places and try to turn on the light. So that leads me to my second quote and the last, the last quote of the episode, <laughs> which is, it's a part of the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I think I should have an entire episode on that book, but I will leave you this one line that just really, really hit me. Glennon wrote, I can feel everything and survive. I can use pain to become. She's amazing. And I invite you to use this pain, you know, to use this opportunity to turn on the light. And you can do it. I'm working really hard every day to turn on my light. Sometimes I don't want to work out. Sometimes I don't want to make the gratitude list. Sometimes I don't want to read the book. Sometimes I don't want to, but I know that I need to invest time in healing myself. And I'm taking the time to journal every day and work through this stuff because it makes me not just a better person for myself, but a better person for the people around me. It makes my relationships better. So all of that being said, <laughs> hey, you know, it, it's hard to catch up everybody on the last six months of my life and talk about COVID and try to contribute in some positive way to this whole situation without getting too dark. So next episode is going to be a very lighthearted episode an interview with an amazing person somebody I love talking to and it was recorded pre-covid so there is no mention of darkness I promise and it's so much fun I laughed the entire time so I'm really excited for you to hear that next week and then I'm gonna put out some episodes on books that I've been reading like I said I really want to talk about Untamed by Glennon Doyle and some other stuff that's really really uh, impacted me over the last few months, some recommendations for you. So I will hope that you keep tuning in to the Ken podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, wherever you are in the world, from my little corner of my house where the kids are not around. You can hear them in the background. I'm aware. Thanks for putting up with that. From my little corner of my house in Managua, Nicaragua, to wherever you are, friend, I send you... So much health, good vibes, and a lot of energy to turn on the light. As they say, dark yet clarifying times these are. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you are doing well. And I'll be back next week with a fun interview with Ashley Gadd. Until then, this is Marcela, your host, signing off.